golf and rock and roll. Not logical, but it is fascinating. Playing down that big old fairway. Don't want no hackers to get in my way. The boys and me got big NASA going. It's the Golf Insiders, giving you the inside scoop on all things golf. Now, here are your Golf Insiders on 740 The Game. Hello, Orlando. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house. Holly G, along with the best caddy on the planet, Rich B. Fresh off the East Central Chapter uh, Championship at the Ritz-Carlton. Way to go, Rich B. Yeah, it was good. Good week. Uh, Golf course in good shape. Boy, the Ritz, you know, there's never a real bad day at the Ritz-Carlton. Anytime you're on the property there, Holly, you know you're doing all right. And? Where did you finish? Ah, let's see. Rod Perry wins the uh, junior division, and uh, as usual, Freddie Gibson wins the uh, senior division, and I finished T six. All right. So uh, good for me. Yeah. Um, it, it was uh, it was a good week. I enjoyed that. It was a lot of fun, and uh, you know, I, hey, we've got soccer, we've got golf, we got all kinds of good stuff going on. Martin Keimer, the uh, German, the das, Ki- the Keimanator. Das German. <laughs> Hey, this guy's good, man. The ultimate good. driving machine. Move over, BMW. Here comes Martin Keimer. Okay, can we start ripping on the golf course right now? Go ahead. Boy, it didn't look that good. I just didn't, uh, you know, I mean, the greens were a little funky. You know, they're bouncy and uh, kind of rolly off the sides and stuff. But, uh, you know, when you hit it off the fairway there, it's just <laughs> it's just ugly. Well, you know, I think they lucked out, quite frankly. Uh, a lot of guys hitting out of that stuff a lot easier than they would be in six-inch uh, traditional U.S. Open rough, you know, because a lot of those areas didn't grow over because they just due to lack of rain. So I, I, I think they got a little lucky there. They, you know, the greens were firm, but, you know, I, the guys all had really good comments about it. And at the end of the day, uh, the best golfer won. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He won. All right. And he won it uh, like Friday afternoon. He was 65, 65. Guys, uh, you know, solid player. Uh, you know, he's got a cruise control from uh, that point. Well, somebody who was there, uh, wire to wire, watching the wire to wire uh, clinic by Martin Keimer was Bob Herrick from ESPN.com. Hey, Bob. Hey, how are you guys? Hey, Bob, you up there for the uh, gals, uh, the uh, the U- women's U.S. Open? I am not. I left. Uh, that has been uh, that has been assigned to other more capable folks. <laughs> so uh, no, I uh, I got to come home. Uh, and uh, uh, although I'm I'm very curious to see how that event goes this week on the same golf course. So uh, Bob, we certainly were not talking about Martin Keimer last week. We weren't talking about Eric Compton. And again, another very Interesting major, uh, a lot of interesting players that failed to miss the cut. Of course, lefty 
to be probably the the biggest one of them. Uh, a, a lot of surprises, but a, a great tournament. And and uh, my gosh, uh, Martin Keimer uh, could be zooming up the the world rankings here pretty quickly. Yeah, it's um, you said it. You know, we didn't talk about Martin Keimer or. or uh... And, and, you know, you sit there and go, why didn't we? You know, maybe we should have seen that coming. Uh, but it sort of does keep in – it goes in keeping with what the year has been like. It's been really hard to predict. Uh, but, um, you know, he had that great players' championship, and clearly that was not a one-off uh, exercise. You know, he's, he's playing some of the best golf of anybody right now. And, and to do it on that course and in those conditions and to win by that much – um, you know, I don't think that was a fluke. You know, he, he played really, really solid. He was very precise. He was, he was, um, you know, really on his game. You know, he was, he didn't, he didn't miss a lot of shots. And the ones he did, he got up and down and he, and he, you know, he really hardly made any mistakes. So it was, uh, you know, hats off to him. It was a really, really good and impressive showing. And, and, you know, now all of a sudden the guy's got two majors at age 29 and a player's championship and look at his career. It's pretty impressive. And, you know, was he or earlier in the in the in the tournament? I don't think, um, and, a, and a couple of people um, mentioned it or uh, uh, maybe uh, chastised some of the media for not giving Martin, um, you know, the credit where credit was due or the attention or the respect, even as he, you know, put these two, uh, well, at least the first 65, but then back to back 65s. And I, I said in a preview show uh, before our show came on the air that. You know, I wonder, I mean, look at, had Tiger, um, you know, beat the field like Martin Keimer did, and, and you know, after coming off, uh, as, as Martin did, the, the players, I mean, it, it's just, uh, you know, this, this guy's got two majors under the age of 30, as you said. That is a huge deal. Exactly, and, and you know, I, I, don't underst- I don't quite understand either why, you know, a Tiger runaway victory is celebrated, and I mean, obviously it's terrific when, when he's done that, uh, but, you know, it is for Keimer, too. It's not his fault, you know, he's trying to win the tournament. He's not wanting to make it an, a, an exciting TV show, you know, it's everybody else's job to keep up, and they weren't able to, I mean... You know, he had a, um, a six-shot lead after two rounds, and, you know, it wouldn't have surprised me a bit if he struggled on Saturday, you know, shot 7-5 maybe. and uh, But, no, he didn't. You know, he, I think he shot one over, and, and, and his lead was only cut to, to five. You know, nobody was able to get closer. You know, no, 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 none, of the, none of the closest pursuers was able to get under par and cut that lead, really. And then the closest anybody got on Sunday, I believe Compton got within four through about eight holes. And that was it, you know, and Keimer pulled away. And, and, and you know, Compton is a, is a hell of a story in and of himself. I mean, what he did was phenomenal. Forget that he didn't win. It was just a remarkable performance. I mean, you know, aside from the winner, it's the story of the tournament and one of the stories of the year. But, uh, you know, it was a great, um, you know, I, I know it wasn't as exciting as people would like, but it was a heck of a performance. And, you know, when we're going into the Open in a few weeks, let's make sure we talk about Keimer because uh, I think it would be silly to forget about him. Yeah, I think the uh, golf course, Bob, was kind of, uh, you know, it was kind of, you know, wasn't a real pretty eye-pleasing golf course, but I think this golf course fit Keimer's eye. It's like Bubba. He, you know, it didn't fit his eye at all, uh, you know, and, and Martin Keimer just fell in love with the place. I mean, anytime you go out and shoot 65, you know, you got to like the, the uh, conditions. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, it's, a, it's an interesting thing. I don't know if you guys are going to talk about it. You know, I've heard a lot of 
feedback about the look of Pinehurst. Uh, obviously, it, was, it changed considerably since 2005, and it and to a lot of people was shocking. I mean, in some ways, it looked shoddy, like it was unkempt, but that was by design. And, you know, I, I sort of applaud that. Uh, I saw on Twitter where Donald Trump was trashing Trashed it. Trashed it. And, and to me, that is like the biggest case of point missing. He ought to know better than anybody. You know, as a guy who is, is an owner of golf courses and some really nice golf courses, I mean, I realize that he is into opulence and grandeur and things looking really nice, but those things are expensive. And, you know, golf has gotten to be too expensive. And, and one of the ways you can keep it more reasonable is to maybe not have so many maintenance costs. And let's be honest, we're going to be running out of water. The water of these golf courses is, is expensive. And so what they've done is cut down on the watering by doing that. And, let, you know, look over in Europe. Look at those British Open courses. You know, those are, those are uh, you know, it, it, it's green if Mother Nature decides they'll be green. It's brown if, if Mother Nature decides there's not going to be any rain. And that's sort of how they, how they treat it. You know, it's, it's up, to the, up to the conditions, up to, up to the weather. So I know it's not for everybody, and I know that, uh, you know, we kind of like our golf courses to be pristine and perfect. But, um, you know, I think there's a lesson to be learned there that maybe they don't always have to be. Well, and also to the casual golf fan just tuning in, and I know a friend of mine's wife who, when she sat down to watch it, uh, said, you know, what's what's going on here? Well, you know, what's, what's wrong with the course, all these brown spots? Um, <clears throat> but, you know, I, I mean, one thing for sure was they did, especially the Golf Channel, tremendous job uh, previewing the course and talking about the course and how they um, – you know, uh, renovated it back to an, a, more of an initial Lynx design, which uh, Donald Ross had, had was the way he had designed it. But, you know, it is a bit shocking for somebody that's the casual fan versus, you know, a, a core avid golfer who would understand that. Right, yeah. I, I mean, I don't blame anybody who who isn't, you know, up on, on how these things work or, you know, a casual person who comes to golf. And that's that's part of the problem. We've, you know, I heard the word Augustified. You know, Augusta is so beautiful and so perfect, and we have this vision that every golf course should be like that. And, you know, pretty much every golf course on the PGA Tour is in mint condition. You know, there's not a blade of grass out of place. The bunkers are cut perfectly. But, you know, that's that's not necessarily how golf was intended. You know, uh, you know uh, the, some of the golf that play aren't always in great shape, uh, and, and you sit there and you go, well, why aren't they? Well, why should they be? You know, uh, it's one of the reasons the game costs so much. So I'm, uh, I, I sort of applaud them for trying this and trying to get the word out that, hey, not every, every course has to be manicured all the way to the nth degree, uh, that, that, that a little bit of naturalness can, can, can be okay, too. Well, right. at the end of the day, the USGA represents amateur golfers, so I, yeah. I agree and with you. This, this really speaks volumes, Bob, of who dictates uh, what's going on with golf these days. You know, you've got management companies coming in that are just management companies. You've got guys like Donald Trump. He's a hotelier, you know, and he right. figures now he's conquered the golf world because he knows what it's, you know, how it's supposed to be pristine and pretty. You know, and, and who's dictating what's going on in golf is, you know, uh, it's really – spinning it out of control and um you know it is about a game and it you know it will always be about the good of the game of golf and you know and if there's one thing about the usga you know they run their commercials you know with clint eastwood and arnold palmer 
that are fabulous, you know. Uh, you know, but you know the the game itself is. You're right, Bob. I think getting a little expensive, and a little hoity-toity, and uh, you know, hey, listen. And let's face it, we need more players. Yeah, definitely. That's what it's right. all about. Bob, I mean, what? you know, not not to knock Trump in this thing so much. I mean, he's done a lot in golf, and and I applaud him. You know, he's got he got into golf when when things were bad. You know, he's been he's been a player when others were were bailing. You know, he took over at Doral. He's got a course in New Jersey that's going to host the PGA. Uh, you know, obviously bought uh, he bought Turnberry, but you know the bottom line is you go to one of his golf courses, you're going to pay a lot of money. You know, it's not going to be a seventy-five dollar golf course. It's going to be expensive. Well, that, there's only so many people that can afford that. The masses are, you know, it, 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 it is what we're looking at to, to get to, into the game, and they're not going to be able to play a course like that. That'll turn them off. I think it's four hundred fifty dollars to play at the blue. Yeah, Monster whip out that gold card, man! Break out the old Amex. Yep. <laughs> I, I bet you couldn't even put that on your ESPN expense report, can you? Heck, I don't think I can put down a bucket of balls. <laughs> <laughs> well, Bob. Overall, though, the players uh, had had you know great things to say about the golf course, didn't they? For the most part, they did. I think some of them maybe questioned the greens and, and the pin placements on a couple of the days. Uh, uh, it seemed like uh, Saturday the pin placements were really, uh, what was it? No, excuse me, Friday. They were really, really severe. Uh, but, um, you know, overall, you know, like Ernie Ells talked about, he really liked it, still liked it. Um, you know, they said, hey, this is great. This is, you know, it's a, I think guys, especially really good elite players, appreciated that test. And, you know, you're hearing good things from the women this week, too. There was a lot of concern about how would it be the second week? Would it be beat up? You know, would the, you know, would the greens be, you know, run over? Would there be too many divots? And, you know, so far you're hearing nothing but good. Like, and, and, and this is, you know, this is why I think the decision to do back-to-back has turned out well. There was a lot of skepticism about it for me also. But uh, it's, it's so far it's, uh, uh, I think it's, it's turned out to be a really good thing for the game to have it back-to-back in such an iconic place. And, and, you know, a great showing by Ricky Fowler, his game coming around. Um, you know, he said the game plan with Butch this year was to, you know, focus on the majors, and he's had a, another, good, another good finish right there in the hunt. Uh, Keegan Bradley having a, a pretty good open, which, uh, you know, he's got his eye on the Ryder Cup, so right. I think uh, that was a good one. Here's a guy we weren't talking about, Brooks Kepka. How about that? Not only... Not only did he did he, um, did he get in the Masters by finishing in the top four, just like Eric Compton did, but um, he basically sewed up his PJ Tour card for next season. He's got well enough FedEx Cup points now to, to where he'll finish in the top 125. And he was he was playing on a um, you know like a special temporary membership for this year. And uh, so he's now earned enough to, to be a full member next year. And he's going to get in the Masters, and uh, he's also going to keep his card in the European Tour. So it's amazing what that one week did for him. Uh, it's pretty, pretty impressive, pretty helpful. And Compton was pretty much going to keep his card anyway. He had been having a decent year, but now that's going to get him in the Masters for the first time. And uh, you know what a great story that is. If he can have a good tournament here, not this week, but uh, I'm not sure what he's playing after this. But there's a couple of these events. Uh, next week, Greenbrier, and then um, uh, John Deere, where you have an opportunity to get in the British Open if you have a high finish. So, uh, hey, you know, great for him. It's an inspiring story. Ab- absolutely. Uh, two-time heart 
transplant recipient, Eric Compton, you've had to be under a rock if you're a golf fan uh, the last couple of days not to know his story and um, just truly, truly remarkable. One last thing before we let you go. Uh, obviously, I think the biggest surprise was, you know, Phil Mickelson, <laughs> obviously on everybody's radar, big, uh, big hopes for Lefty coming into this one. Uh, but uh, he seems to be pretty optimistic. But what is going on with his putting? Yeah, you know, I start to wonder if he just is messing around with it too much. Um, you know, Dave Stockton's involved, uh, going to the claw grip. In the in the uh, middle of the open. I mean, who, you know, at a yeah. major, you're you're tinkering around? I mean, we, we know Phil to tinker yeah. around, you know, uh, before the tournament, but during the round? He, he you know, he, he had started with the claw at, the, at Memphis, and then he used it in, in the open, and then he, then he went back, and then he went, you know. It's just, um, it's almost like, you know, there comes a point where you just have to start putting, I think. You just do it naturally. Read the putt and stroke it. You know, don't be so technical because it's, it's clearly gotten into his head a little bit. I think Phil's hitting the ball fine. You know, he, you know, he drove it pretty well for him. You know, he didn't maybe hit his irons as well as he would have liked. Uh, there was some good short game play, but, you know, he, several times he's got a four or five footer that he misses, and he, and he couldn't knock in a 12, 15 footer when he really needed him for birdie. Uh, you know, there's just not that many opportunities. So, you know, hopefully he decompresses this week. He gets back after it. There's a lot of big golf left. You know, right now Phil's outside of the top nine in the Ryder Cup. It would be um, incredible to think of him not being part of it. Uh, I hope he makes the team on his own, uh, and he's got plenty of time to do that. But, uh, you know, a lot of big golf coming up, and hopefully he, he figures it out here. It's, it's, been, it's been a while. Yeah, it sure has. Well, um, we have a big zero across the board here with our picks last week, Bob. So uh, we'll 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 try again uh, this week. Who's your pick for travelers as we let you go? Ah, uh, it's always tough, but uh, I actually went with Keegan Bradley. I, I kind of think he's he's due, and uh, maybe that knocking on the door last week is going to help him. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's been a while since he won, and obviously a win would, you know, that would basically solidify his spot on the team, so on the Ryder Cup team. So I, I'm, I'm sure he's pretty motivated to get that W. And he's got those lucky red shoes that he's been wearing. So we will see <laughs> the if uh, they become slippers. the ruby red slippers. All right, Bob Herrig, ESPN.com. Thanks for all you do and all the great golf coverage. You're listening to 740 The Game. We'll be right back. Quite an impact, actually, uh, when he sank that three iron and hit me in the back of the head. I can't believe I'm into this. I really hate to lose. Asking forgiveness. Got the struggler's blues. The struggler's blues. We're back. The Golf Insiders taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house. Holly G. Uh, along with Rich B, and um, we're going to go to one of our favorites to uh, get his thoughts on the Martin Keimer Clinic at Pinehurst. Todd Lewis from the Golf Channel. Hey, guys. How are you? Doing great. Did um, I see you in some salmon-colored pants, Todd Lewis, on the air? Uh, they were, and uh, to be honest with you, you weren't supposed to see those pants. I was under the impression that I was going to be uh, on the range standing and reporting, and uh, they put me in a chair <laughs> and all of that glory. Uh, Rich B. said you were looking very 
Carolina Outer Banks. I was kind of like Southern preppy there, but it wasn't intentional. <laughs> I told you. Um, so I, I, it was a it was a bogey fashion wise. I do regret it. Won't happen again. Well, um, good thing you didn't wear sandals or something. Um, no, 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 no. I wouldn't do that. <laughs> um, your your thoughts from the U.S. Open? What you know? Like we were talking uh, with Bob Harrigan in the first segment. You know, just a domination by Martin Keimer. Such smart, controlled management of his game on a ridiculously difficult golf course uh you know your thoughts from the the week well i mean in my opinion martin Keimer is the best uh player right now i mean he's the leading candidate for the pga tour player of the year um i i the, the couple things i take away from martin Keimer specifically one is i i think he's a perfect combination of intellect and guts Uh, The guts coming from the fact that he was number one in the world, that he won the PGA Championship in his mid-20s, and then he had that plateau in his life where he fell, uh, actually not his life, but his game, when he fell outside the top 50 in the world. And uh, I I think it takes guts to fight your way back, just as Justin Rose, uh, just as Lee Westwood. um, Henrik Stenson. Henrik Stenson, another example, to, to come back and, and after being on the mountaintop and you've been kicking yourself off to the mountain and then climbing right back up. Um, I mean, David Duvall's had a heck of a time trying to get back up there. So uh, that's the guts part I like. And the fact that he is so introspective. Um, he, I, I did the, I don't know if anyone saw it on Golf Central, but um, I did a, um, an interview with him. I sit down and interview with him after he had won, and I asked him, I said, hey, you're, you're two-time major champion. You've won the players and you're not even 30, what are your expectations? And he said, I don't really have any. I don't want to set goals because if I set goals, then that will put pressure on me to attain them. And so, I, you know, it was refreshing to hear that and interesting as well, but that just shows how, again, how philosophical and intellectual he is. I, I completely agree, and I caught something that um, he said in one of the press conferences afterwards and, you know, where he was reflecting on, you know, the fact that he, you know, leading by five shots was, you know, it's the U.S. Open. That's it's never a, enough of a cushion. And he said that he had to stay aggressive, make birdies, go for some flags, and don't hold back. And he said, I think I played very brave. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, that's what he said to me as well. He said, if I came out with a – he had a five-shot lead to start the day. If he came out and started playing defensive and started playing poorly, he would have killed himself. Uh, not literally, but I mean emotionally. Um, but yeah, for he, he instead wanted to be as aggressive, and if he played poorly, that he could accept it. So he didn't want to change anything strategically on Sunday that he did Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Well, it, it, and some of the things, just his composure in the moment. You know, the shot that he hit wayward left on was it number four when he hit it in the pine straw. And he, right. he and ended he up came back on the fifth, and then he, he hit that beautiful shot out of the junk. Yeah, uh, I mean, and, and made eagle. Um, he, yeah, I mean, he's yeah, you're right. He's got tremendous bounce back. Um, um I mean, and he's I mean, he's such a good. I mean, to win wire to wire the players in the U.S. Open, I mean, because I can tell you, I mean, we've talked about this before. It, it is, a, I mean, he had a six shot lead on Saturday, and a five shot lead on Sunday, and I I don't care if you're playing the John Deere for the U.S. Open, if if you have that lead it is an incredible weight and an incredible burden that people just can't seem to some some of them some of the best in the world can't seem to hang on to i mean adam scott had a seven shot lead heading into the weekend at the arnold palmer invitational here at bay hill and lost to matt every 
and he's number one in the world. And so it is, it is, it is really difficult to not think about what it would mean to win. And I, and that's the thing that I'm impressed from Martin Keimer about Martin Keimer is that not only did the players, we did it here. Cause I mean, you sh- I'm sure throughout his brain, it was bouncing either Saturday night or, or when he was playing on Sunday. And that is, I'm about to win the U S open. I can win the U S open. I got a five shot lead, but he was able to manage those emotions and, and have a positive mentality. So it's, and not and not only that. Let's let's face it, um, it. It again was a little bit Ryder Cupish in terms of the galleries. I'm I'm mm-hmm. certain rooting for the you know the U.S. players that were on his heels. So I could see you know where it would have been even more nerve wracking, um, you know, from that perspective. And he just you know was so classy about it. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, I I think Ricky made a double bogey early in his round. He came over and fist bumped him a little. He came tried to encourage him. So it's um, I mean he's 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 one of the he's a class player. I mean both on and off the golf course, and I think he's going to be a force as as, we, as he continues in his career. Again, he's just 29, so absolutely he's got a prom- promising future. And you know, just again, um, an amazing open from the perspective of the feel-good story of the year, and it potentially it could have been um, you know historic. Uh, Eric Compton. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I said in our first segment, you've had to be under a rock if you're a golf fan not to have known his story. But briefly, your comments about Eric. And when you think what this – talk about pressure and what this guy has to go through every day to just, you know, get through the day and play elite golf at the highest level, it's it's amazing. Well, I'm actually going to counter that. I, I don't think he has pressure. Uh, spending time I have with Eric, um, pressure is being – a in an operating room twice getting on a brand new heart. Um, that's pressure. Uh, the perspective that he has at life is far, far different than just about every other tour player on, on the PGA Tour. Um, but, I mean, he does want to, to be respected primarily by his peers as a very, very good golfer. They already respect him as a person. Who doesn't? Um, but now I, I'm, I know he has that respect from his peers, and that's 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 a beautiful thing. It was a cool thing to watch. I talked to uh, to um, Eric after his round, and he said, "I even surprised myself today. As much as I wanted to be here and thought I could, I even surprised myself that I was able to finish runner up." So, and an uh, all it, it, world finish out of that bunker, <laughs> that yeah, bunker shot an 18, and that putt, amazing. And the 71 holes prior to that too. I mean, it's like it, it, it's good to see. You know, it, I, I have a feeling that Eric is going to win. Um, but probably this year, if I had to lay a dollar somewhere. Um, and I, I'm interested to see where that story goes. Um, not, I'm, I'm sure it's going to balloon outside the sports world. And, you know, is it going to be lead, you know, one of the lead stories on the Today Show? Is it going to be on CBS Evening News? You know, it's, is there going to be a possible movie made out of him? You know, so you got all of these things that I, I'm interested to see how his story goes outside of the sports world, the golf world, and everything, and, and into pop culture, for that matter. Yeah, absolutely. Before we let you go, um, your thoughts now turning to the U.S. Women's Open, having seen the golf course, watched the play, who do you think is uh, a favorite coming into uh, this week? Well, you're going to have to be patient. You're going to have to be tough. And um, on the women's scene, I really do like Stacey Lewis right now. She even said today this golf course is suits her eye. Um, so, yeah, I think she's going to be 
in my opinion, the, the, the tough one to beat. I'm interested to see how this 11-year-old plays. Um, Lucy Lee. We are all in yeah. love with Lucy Lee. <laughs> <laughs> and she's very cute, very lo- lovely, and, and I, I think she's got a tremendous future. I, I'm just concerned. I hope she plays well. I hope she plays decent. I hope she doesn't put some number out there in the 80s, two straight days. And, you know, just Because if that happens, it's there'll be criticism. Let's be, let's be honest. There'll be criticism towards the USGA. There'll be criticism towards her parents. Um, you know, it's just too young for, I mean, even Stacey Lewis said, hey, she, I, if I was a parent, I wouldn't have my little girl competing in a major championship. She needs, how to, she needs to learn how to win. I mean, this is, this is hard. So, I mean, already she's receiving some criticism, or her parents are. So I, I hope she plays well. I, I hope she pl- proves all those critics wrong, because if, if she doesn't play well, then there's going to be some interesting topics coming out of Pinehurst. Well, she was amazingly composed in her press conference. I mean, an 11-year-old yeah. in a press conference. Well. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Uh, she, you know, asked if she was nervous. She said, not really. I just want to go out there and have fun and play the best I can. I really don't care about the outcome. It's just I want to have fun and learn. I can learn a lot from these great players. Well, I hope she does, and I think we'll all be rooting for her. Yeah, I agree. Thank you, Todd. Always appreciate your time. Great coverage, as always, the Golf Channel. Amazing week, and uh, you guys just uh, wall-to-wall gave us all uh, great stuff to watch. Thanks so much. You're welcome. Glad to do it. You listen to the Golf Insider, 740 The Game. We'll be right back with more Golf Talk. Hey, Harry, thanks a lot for all the security you provide for us. Well, that's my job to keep all those nuts away from you. That's just the way it is. Don't play in pebble. Won't pay the price. I love my Muni. I think it's nice. We're back. The Golf Insiders taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house. Holly Chi along with Rich B. Uh, an interesting note, Rich, from the U.S. Open. A, a golf cart was given a DUI. DWI. Yes. Roger Maltby's cart driver. Golf cart driver. Golf cart driver. Ran over a state trooper's foot. That's going to make him mad. You on know Sunday. That, that, that uh, state trooper's not happy about that at all. I mean, we've heard some weird stories. Even Roger Maltby said, wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's different. Anyway, of course, our uh, eyes are now on the U.S. Women's Open. The back-to-back majors being played at Pinehurst. And the LPGA, uh, second major of the year. And uh, it's a great pleasure to have as a special guest the woman who is out there every week covering the LPGA Tour. Nobody does it better than Beth Ann Baldry from Golf Week. Hello, Beth. Hello. Thanks for having me. Hey, appreciate you being on. And uh, you're up there uh, in the in the press center right now? Well, I walked outside because they're vacuuming, which tells you that it's time for me to go home. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Either that or you better go grab dinner quick. So we appreciate uh, you spending a few minutes with us. Um, oh, no problem. <laughs> what's, first of all, what are, what are, the, what are the players uh, saying about the golf course? Obviously, they've gotten um, some inside scoops from the men, uh, not only on Sunday, but the last couple of days. What's the buzz up there? 
Well, surprisingly, the players have, for the most part, uh, been extremely impressed. Uh, you know, the, a lot of the top players were very concerned about the conditions they were going to find when they arrived after the U.S. Open, and and they were very pleased to see that the course held nicely. There are some areas around the greens, the collection areas that are covered in black mesh, where the USGA is trying to preserve the the grass there, um, and I'm sure if you put those up, you'd find a lot of divots under there. So if a player says they haven't been in a divot yet, it's only because they're covered in mesh, mesh right now. So, But, you know, for the most part, the, the course has held up tremendously. The, the greens are in, in fantastic shape. They're going to run about the same speed as the men and as it was they were for the men's event, and the, and the pin positions will, will be very similar. Well, as we saw with Martin Keimer's win, it's going to take somebody that has a complete game. You know, it's not just about driving. Obviously, you've got to think think around this golf course. You've got to be patient with your game. You've got to manage your game. Who of the players do you see this uh, championship best suiting? Well, I think it's going to take a, a tremendous short game. You're going to have to have touch around the greens. Uh, it's, it's going to take... Uh, and not your, your your imagination around the greens. Your your typical pulling out your 60 degree, trying to lock the tip is is not going to cut it. So, yeah, I think we we saw that uh, a lot from Keimer. To... It was called the flat stick that he used about everywhere when he got in trouble off the green. Absolutely, but but a lot of the players are, watched that, tried it themselves, and 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 didn't have a lot of success. So actually, a lot of players have come in saying that. Uh, you know, they, they've tried the putter, and they just found it too difficult and inconsistent going into the grain. And unless they're in a divot or a really bad spot, uh, they're not going to go with putters. So I was kind of surprised by that. They said Martin Keimer made it look uh, effortless, and it is not. <laughs> so, uh, so I thought that was interesting. But, um, but you know, I, I really like the unflappable demeanor of, of Lydia Ko because you're going to get a lot of, bad, funky breaks um, around here, and, and she can hold steady and it has a very, as you know, consistent game. Um, I like I like Michelle Lee has a very underrated, fabulous short game uh, and obviously has the length to get it uh, far enough down where she'll, she'll have, you know, shorter clubs going into the greens. This is important, trying to get it in the right spot. It's all about position golf. Stacey Lewis, um it seems to be in a very good place right now uh, mentally coming in and, and has her short game coach from her old former college coach here helping her around the green. So, um, you know, and then I would I would also throw out two-time U.S. Women's Open champion Kari Webb, who, uh, you know, is a little quiet coming into the week, but is a two-time winner already this year and, and obviously has all the shots that you need to, to have success. And then, of course, M.B. Park, who uh, would be, def- you know, defending um, her title, just winning last week, so uh, maybe she's peaking at a good time. With a final round 61, no less. <laughs> 61. Yes, uh, Woo! It's, it's pretty uh, phenomenal. And, and and also a two-time U.S. Women's Open champion um, at her tender age already. So you're absolutely right. Indy's another one another one to look for, uh, very consistent, and, and has found her putter again. And, it, and, and that actually, she told me earlier in the week that that came about just in the last few weeks from YouTubing herself <laughs> and watching her stroke uh, last year at the majors and how good it looked and, and found a rhythm that um, and a few other things that she's trying to keep her stroke a little lower to the ground um, that she wasn't doing this year. And so 
uh, watching watching the success and the ball go in the hole uh, on YouTube uh, led led to that 61 and that first victory of 2014. Wow, we're talking with Beth Ann Baldry from Golf Week. Uh, of course, the the other big commotion up there is Lucy Lee, the 11 year old. Um, saw her press conference. I've just been, you know, I was just amazed at her composure. She seems uh, very smart, very wide-eyed, but uh, seems to have the right attitude. What do the players think? I know, you know, you look at Morgan Pressel, who played when she was 12, as well as Lexi Thompson being the youngest to qualify prior to Lucy. Uh, share, Share your thoughts. I'm sure you were in that press conference. Oh, she was, she couldn't have been more adorable. I mean, she sat down in the chair and started swiveling around. She swiveled the entire time back and forth. It was so cute. Uh, her, her delivery, she was very funny. Uh, when she meant, meant to be, she knew that we were all going to laugh. Um, but, uh, but, you know, she really had a great, um, perspective, it seemed. You know, she, her goal was just to go out and have fun and, 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 but yet she's so fearless at the same time. You know, a crowd full of reporters peppering her with questions did not face her in the least. I watched her um, play 18 yesterday. Uh, she, she laid up with an iron on her second shot and landed in the crosswalk from the previous week and uh, about 100 yards and hit with her shot on the green and she was only like 15 feet away. So, It'll, it'll be really interesting. I mean, you know, she's probably not going to miss a fairway. Uh, just, you know, bop it down there, surprisingly, about 230 yards. And, um, you know, it'll, 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 it's a long course for, it will be a long course for her. But, um, but I think it'll be a lot of fun. And the, and the players are all amazed, not only that she's 11, but that, you know, as Julie Inkster said today, she, she could be seven the way she looks. It's just just so adorable, and and uh, but you know I think we were all kind of relieved after yesterday's press conference, and that you know this this isn't going to damage her. She she seems to be you know with, with the right attitude about about the week. Yeah, how long is the golf course? Well, it's tipping out uh, over sixty six hundred yards, but uh, the USGA said today that it will not play to that length. Um, during the championship that they will certainly, uh, it will be shorter. So, you know, I, I think it'll be more in the 6,300, 6,400 range. They'll play around with the tee markers as they, as they always do and have some uh, drivable par fours and reachable par fives. And, and, you know, but, but it is definitely playing longer for the women in that they are hitting more club, more club into the green. So uh, it, it won't, they won't be hitting, you know, a wedge into 18 so it'll 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 be interesting to see how they set it up. Yeah, it's it is. It's I think it's uh, you know just great for the game, great for women's golf, the back-to-back majors, and it's going to be an exciting uh, week and weekend. So uh, before we let you go, Beth, who's your pick? <laughs> that was a very throw, important question. Throw the dart. You know, I'm I'm going against the grain, and people think a former women's open champion is going to win. I'm picking Lydia Ko with Fluff. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> with Fluff Cowan. That's right. Jim Furyk's caddy. That's right. Ooh, good pick. All right. Well, we so appreciate you spending some time with us, Beth Ann Baldry. She covers women's golf better than anybody on the planet for Golf Week. Check her out at golfweek.com. Thanks, Beth, so much. You're Thanks listening so to much. the Golf Enjoy Insiders, the 740 The Game. Stay with us. We'll be right back. 
Well, I don't want to take all the credit for their talent, but uh, first I had to teach them to play golf. Then I had to teach them to sing, and then I taught them to play various instruments, none of which they do very well. I want my dream. Yeah, yeah, really not so lean and mean. I got good eyesight, I'll be all right. I get my dentures shining bright. We're back, the Golf Insiders, taking you home on the fairways of I-4, in the house, Holly G and Rich B, wrapping up an hour of intelligent golf talk. Rich B, got some? I've got uh, Ken Duke as the defending champion. Of the Travelers. And uh, Cromwell, Connecticut. That's uh, always a good tournament, always a good turnout. And uh, beautiful golf course. And it was a big event for him last year, big breakthrough after uh, being quite the journeyman on the PGA Tour. Yeah, that opened Tour. a lot of doors for old Ken Duke, and uh, he's definitely been around for a long time. And uh, my pick this week is Bubba Watson. He's in the field. He is. Well, uh, our next our next guest, uh, he's one of our favorites here at the Golf Insiders. Um, and uh, but this 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 open uh, touched a special chord with him because he has a a connection to Eric Compton, who we've been talking about, and there have been numerous stories out there about the heart transplant, uh, uh, two-time heart transplant Eric Compton, who played and finished second this week in the U.S. Open. Steve Eubanks from Global Golf Post, welcome. Thank you, Holly. It's good to be with you. Awesome to be with you. And reading your article this week to learn that you – also uh, have the same condition as Eric, and I don't know if I can say this right, idiopathic cardiomyopathy? You got it just exactly right. I, uh, words I had never heard until I was diagnosed with it. And uh, you know, there were a lot of words that I didn't that I heard for the first time that day, not the least of which being heart transplant, which uh, I've got to tell you, nothing focuses the mind uh, quite as sharply as hearing those words. So, um it was uh, it's quite a blow, and and you know Eric was Eric heard them early on, 12 years old, um, but but he was told right away you've got this uh, this virus, it's killing your heart, and uh, you know you're gonna have to have a transplant. Yeah, that, that's happened to him twice now. Did you were uh, you aware I, that you had any issues? Not at all. Well, I, I'm just enough of a hypochondriac that I that I felt that something wasn't right, um, so I went in to get checked. I mean, I was perfectly healthy in every other way. And in fact, thank thank goodness I didn't have any uh, arterial blockage, uh, or I wouldn't have made it to the hospital. So it was, uh, you know, it was it was quite fortunate that I uh, that I did go get checked out. And if there's a lesson from this, it's if you feel something, go have it looked at. What's the worst thing that happens? Your doctor laughs at you and says you're fine, uh, you know. But the best thing that can happen is you might end up getting you might end up saving your life, which is what happened to me. Yeah, and they do such great things with. Uh cardiology today, um, both on the plumbing side, as they say, on the electrical side. So uh, you were able to, what, have a, did you have a pacemaker put in? I have a pacemaker and an and a, a implanted defibrillator in, and, uh, and through, through a pretty serious medica- medication regimen, I've been fortunate enough that I still have my original heart. Uh, and now, that may not always be the case, but uh, but for right now, I'm I'm uh, very happy to be uh, on the right side of things. Well, great, great, uh, great article in Global Golf Post sharing your experience. And um, just uh, want to get your thoughts on the U.S. Women's Open here and, uh, you know, the back-to-back at Pinehurst. Do you think that's been a good thing for for uh, golf, for women's golf? What are your thoughts? 
I was the biggest skeptic. I was the biggest skeptic because I thought, you know, it, it's just going to pale in comparison. Um, it, it's not going to be as big. I mean, they're going to be the golf course isn't going to be as good. Um, everything about it is going to to make the women look uh, worse than they actually do. I could not have been more wrong. I mean, it has been a tremendous thing for women. I mean, to, to have the back-to-back opens, for them to be there on Sunday, so many of them following the leaders out on the range. It was something that no one had ever seen before. People were getting pictures of it everywhere. It was really cool for everyone involved. Even the players really enjoyed it. I mean, I was talking to a number of the LPGA players. They thought it was the coolest thing ever to be able to see uh, the guys that they, they normally would only see on television. And then and then guys like Ricky Fowler, he really enjoyed going down and visiting with, with the women, wishing them luck, you know, posing for pictures with them. It was tons of fun on all sides. Well, and it's cool, you know, it's cool because a lot of them have grown up um, or, you know, competed playing junior golf, whether it was in the AJGA or going through college, you know, in similar teams. So it was also fun, I thought, to see where, you know, some of their friendships, you know, with, with some of the tour players. And let's face it, they're getting some inside scoops, you know, from those, uh, from, from those scorecards as well as their playing books. Absolutely. You know, it, it, Michelle, we ended up with Ricky's uh, yardage book, and it had all kinds of notes and things in there. Uh, she got both his and his cat and his caddies, so she was really studying, uh, you know, some of the runoffs and some of the places you can't hit it and uh, all of the insider knowledge that he had from, uh, from playing so well last week. So th- this has just been a tremendous thing for women's golf. The golf course looks, looks fantastic. I was stunned at, at the – uh, how they were able to get, get it to recover so quickly. Uh, they've taken out enough grandstands and enough of the infrastructure that moves some of the gallery ropes in so that the crowd, even if it is a very good U.S. Women's Open crowd, it won't be sort of swallowed whole by the vastness of, uh, of Pinehurst. So, I, you know, all in all, I mean, the USGA got this one exactly right. Awesome. And who's uh, your pick for Sunday holding up the trophy? Uh, you know, I'm picking Jessica Corder. Her short game is as good as ever. She's long. She's very confident right now. All right. Steve Eubanks from Global Golf Post, thanks so much for your insights. And Rich B., who are you going with? I know you love watching women's golf. I'll take Michelle Wee. Michelle Wee. Going for the gold. I'm, uh, I'm going to go for Lydia Ko. So we've got three across the board. And uh, who knows? We'll probably have a big... Zed, or a big nil, as they say in uh, the World Cup. Yeah, USA all the way. USA, thanks for listening. We're out of here, the Golf Insiders. Bye-bye.